Well, good morning, everybody out in the valley and even around the nation. We are glad that you're tuned in today. The um, feeling that you're getting at home, hopefully, is something that is a little bit like if you were actually here. If you think it's weird for you to have worship this way, why don't you come up here and sit in an empty room except for the tech and worship people and see how that goes. But I know that we are going to have a good time in God's Word today and be able to encourage one another. And uh, I am glad that you're here. Whatever you're going to uh, be doing during this time, I'm very mindful. Um, and I was just on uh, my own Facebook there a little bit, noticing everybody that's talking to one another, and that's good. I wanted to jump in and talk to you, but I guess I'm going to talk to you this way. And uh, we are going to um, just relax and enjoy company of one another online and the company of one another through the spirit that connects us all and if you're new um, to watching us online thanks for checking us out at the awakening church and uh, we're glad to be able to come to you via uh, live stream and uh, we want to encourage you to sort of connect with us in whatever way possible i just want to highlight a couple three things for us and uh, that has to do with the new day and uh, the first is that uh, maybe you had the opportunity, if you have children, to watch the kids online. Um, opportunity that they had that uh, Beth and Devin presented and they gave uh, for your kids to watch. And we're going to try to keep them connected over these weeks. Uh, we also want to encourage you to be a part of group life. And you're going to say, how is that possible when they say don't meet you know, in, in groups of more than 10 or stay at home kind of order? Well, we're going to do virtual group life. And we're giving it a try. Um, we are going to be using Google's Hangout Meet. Uh, they've just updated what the Meet thing is. And we want you to be able to dial in with that. So you're going to be in touch with your life group leader. If you're not in a life group, we encourage you uh, to just uh, connect with us at connect at theawakening.church. And we'd be glad to be able to put you in a life group so you have an understanding of maybe uh, what's going on in the world today and how we can walk through things biblically and encouragement and pray for one another and support one another. And uh, you'll be able to pop up everybody's pictures. You're sitting wherever you're at and engage. And then the third thing is just to say that we're going to move the offering up from the end of the service to the middle of the service today. So uh, if you would like to give uh, your offering to the Lord, your tithes and offerings, just text the word AWAKENING to 77977. Awakening to 77977. It's pretty simple, and uh, you'll have a little app there you can download, and you can give through, uh, whether it's uh, through your bank account, through a credit card, whatever it may be. So we want to encourage you to do that, and uh, we're going to continue to stay united and move ministry forward in this new day. So with that, what I'd like to do, I know that um, Pastor Zach prayed for us, but this is a very unique time for us to be able to uh, minister together one with another and to be able to encourage one another. And I want us to not be sort of, you know, indifferent to how all this is, uh, but to really center in on the spirit of Jesus meeting with us in our homes, on our phones, however you are watching this service at this moment. Jesus, through your spirit, which is far more powerful than any electronic means. May you connect us one to another throughout this Temecula Valley. And Lord, even with others who may be watching around the nation or even in other parts of the world. 
Lord, we pray, God, through your spirit that you would speak to us and encourage us in these unique times for us, not only as a nation, but as a world. And Lord, may you allow us to dig out our ears to be able to hear from you during this unique time. Lord, you have a word for us here today. And we know that your word is a powerful word. We do not live by bread alone, but we live by your very word speaking into our life. And so, Lord, with that, we ask for your spirit to move and to work and to even draw people to you who are far from you this hour. In your name we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. I tell you what, I don't know what you're doing. Maybe you're up, maybe you got your breakfast going, those kinds of things. I decided I'd bring my cup and I would just join you. So we're going to be relaxed here a little bit in one sense. But I also have a burden on my heart. You know, it's interesting. Who would have thought, who would have thought that uh, three weeks ago we would say something to the effect of, you know what's going to happen in this nation? We are going to shut everything down. And we are going to tell people to stay home. We are going to uh, end up seeing the stock market just crumble and fall. And we're not even going to watch the NCAA tournament, which is really disappointing. And, uh, and then we're not going to have church at the building. It's just all going to be empty there because we're going to be doing it online. If somebody would have told you that three weeks ago, you said, what? That's nuts. That's crazy. But things have turned so quickly, even in this last week, we were able to gather in this room with 250 people margin, they said, it has to be underneath that, and we're underneath that on a Sunday morning in a service, and so we held service last week, but who would have known that an order would have went out that we needed to not even have a gathering, and it would be through an electronic means. These are indeed unique days. But we're going to look at Psalm 46 here a little bit. That references God is our refuge and our strength and that we will not fear during these times. But what's interesting for me in my personal journey, and some of you may know and maybe you don't feel that my voice is quite back today. It hasn't. I was not able to speak last week because my voice was going out and then some other things happened. What the doctor ended up saying that I actually had influenza this week. I was literally down for the whole stretch of the week. I walked out of this building last week at this time, and I stayed in my house until I walked into it this morning. And there's something different about going through this week with all the news and all the concerns about those with the coronavirus and the possibility of getting it, and are you recovering, and some are dying, and and our hearts go out to everything that's happening in this uh, dramatic state of a pandemic that's happening in our world. But when you go through it and you're sort of sick, it really starts to touch home. And then your mind starts to go in places. You're like, oh, man, do I have it? Those kinds of things. And they assure me that, that I didn't, that kind of stuff. You're going like, life is so unpredictable. And it's unpredictable for me to be able to stand before you as your pastor through electronic means and bring a word of encouragement. Because I would want, if anything I could do today, to just sit and look you straight in the eyes, give a hug, give, give more than the handshake even, and affirm us that God is in control. But I have to think of what we just came through as a church in our series in Habakkuk. And I have to begin there with what I want to say to you today. 
we don't know what God's doing in the spiritual realm. We start to see things that are happening in the visual realm, but stuff happens in the spiritual realm before it ever hits the visual realm around us, the physical world in which we live. God is up to something. We just came through a series in the book of Habakkuk, which was an Old Testament prophet. And that Old Testament prophet cried out to God with questions. God's, where are you? What's going on? And if you were to go back and read Habakkuk this morning, you would say, wow, who would have thought that just in a couple weeks after we ended that series, that we would find ourselves in that place of asking some of the same questions. God's, what's going on? Isn't it interesting, though, what God said to Habakkuk after he gave out that cry? And maybe that's your cry today with what's going on in our world. He said this in Habakkuk 1, verse 5. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Friends, I don't know about you, but I went back and read that verse this week and it struck me to the heart. Because there is no difference between our day and the day of Habakkuk, which was 605 years before Christ, as it relates to how God works in our world. Because God's in control and He's moving and He's active and He's doing things. Now, in this word that God gave to Habakkuk, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. I'm going to do something uh, in your days that you would not believe. He was excited because he thought God was going to free them and turn them around as a people and get them walking rightly with God. But what God's unbelievable thing was, was he was going to bring the Babylonians to take them captive. The Babylonians were really wicked, evil people. And Habakkuk said, what? What do you mean? Maybe three, four months ago, I don't know, in the invisible world. Maybe God said, you know what I'm going to do? Something unbelievable. Look at the nations. I'm going to allow a pandemic to spread across the globe to get people to pay attention to their humanity and the uncertainty of life around every turn. Who's to say God didn't allow it? Now, I could go in a lot to this, but I actually think I need to really pray and meditate and seek the Lord a lot more on it. I am not saying here this morning that God caused this pandemic. Just like we live in a fallen world, We live in a fallen world because of sin. Things are filtered through His hands and He allows them to come into our life. But He can take that which is broken and sinful and wrong and bring about good. Who's to say that God wouldn't say, you know what, I'm going to allow this pandemic because of natural means to spread its way to give people heed to pay attention to me. You see, when we looked in Habakkuk, and some of you that were with us on that journey are familiar with this diagram that stands behind me, we talked about the dip. Habakkuk, was his name means embrace or wrestle, and we are wrestling with God, trying to understand things, and what does God mean? What can we do with this uh, uh, world catastrophe kind of situation? We can just ignore it, 
we can go back and deny God, or we can realize that we are in a dip and into some degree of a crisis of belief. But in Habakkuk chapter 2, we find Habakkuk wrestling with really what needed to be established in his heart concerning what God was doing. And he says this, I will stand at my watch in chapter 2 and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give this complaint. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that the herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous person will live by his faith or by his faithfulness. And so here was Habakkuk crying to God. God says, I'm going to do something. Habakkuk then goes back to God and he says, I'm going to listen and I'm going to write and I'm going to wait because that's what you've asked me to do. And then that critical verse, the righteous will live by his faith. Friends, when we are in a dip and a crisis of belief and a concern of all that's going on, we are going to choose to live by faith. And that's my word to us today. It comes from Habakkuk. It comes from our last series, but it comes to us in the midst of what we're going through. And it's probably going to get worse, as they say. We are going to choose to live by faith. And then, as you recall, at the end of chapter 2, after there was a bunch of woes that were explained of all that's going on, Habakkuk comes back and this word is given. In Habakkuk 2.20, But the Lord, but the Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before Him. No matter what you may be feeling, and all of us have different emotions is what we're going through. My emotion this week was, Lord, why am I sick? I just need to get better so I can get on with leading the church. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's discouragement. Maybe the uncertainty is just unsettling to you. Maybe you don't know exactly which way to turn, what to do, what to think. Your mind starts to spin off into worry. You're concerned about your family. You're concerned about your business. I want you to know from Habakkuk, but the Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before Him. God has something to say to us, to our nation, to our world, in this time of uncertainty related to this pandemic of COVID-19. All those words I just mentioned to you, I want to add a word for you this morning. Instead of anxious, discouraged, frustrated, I want you to be anticipating. 
anticipating what God is going to be doing in your life and in our life as a community of people. I began asking God of that just two days ago because I felt that I was in a place of discouragement myself. I was sort of going, really, Lord? We're heading into Easter. Easter's a great time for outreach. So many good things happening at the church and uh, with leadership and people and groups. And, and now we've got to shut down. This doesn't seem right, Lord. You know, we're not all hooked up with you know, some of the fancy tech stuff to be able to do the bells and whistles and everything and do remotely. And how's that going to work? Lord, I don't know. And I found myself just being discouraged. And the Lord had to start to wake me up as he woke me up physically. Hopefully he keeps waking up my voice to be able to say, Carrie, you need to anticipate God's doing something new in this day. You know, it was brought to my reference this week, and I believe it's true, that the Apostle Paul, who wrote a good majority of the New Testament, he had a crisis that hit him, and he had to pivot, and he had to do things differently. He was thrown into prison. But what happened from prison? The Apostle Paul get discouraged and say, I can't do anything in here. I'm just going to have to wait it out. However my sentence is, maybe the parole, they'll let me have an early parole or something. I don't know. No. He began to write. He took the parchments. He took ink. And he wrote the beautiful epistles, the letters of the Apostle Paul that we have, were written because he had to pivot during a difficult time. I don't know what God's going to do for us as a church. The whole thing of virtual groups, I think, might be one of them. Why not have electronic means? I think Apostle Paul would have said, wow, that's pretty cool. Why can't I do that? I can have virtual you know, life group from my prison cell and talk to people. But he took the initiative to push forward the kingdom of God in the midst of changes. And so I want to anticipate how God's going to change us as a church, change us as people, Change us in the way we do ministry for His glory and His purposes. And so I want you to begin listening, writing, waiting to hear from God concerning how you may be needing to change your life to be able to forward the kingdom of God or to receive the kingdom of God, His rule and reign in your life more. And so with that, I want to pivot now and turn to Psalm 46. Psalm 46 is a psalm that is written in great distress. Psalm 46 says this, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Can I ask you, where do you run when you're scared? Where did you run to when you were scared as a little kid? Maybe, kids, if you're watching this morning, what do you do when you get scared? I tell you what, you probably do. You probably go to mom's room, dad's room. And I can just picture that running to mom and dad, and you're grabbing a hold of them. And what's the matter? What's the matter? Something's in my room. Something's in my room. 
There's something to be said about us understanding who God is and His power as a loving Heavenly Father and that when we are in tough times or uncertain times or fearful times that we run to Him because God is our refuge. He is our strength. And He is an ever-present help in trouble. Well, I think today... In this time that we're now exposed to, and in the coming weeks, we could describe it as a time of trouble. And if we're in a time of trouble, then we need to not run to the news to try to find the latest statistics to see if the curve is being flattened. We need to not necessarily run to our, our neighbor just to chat it up what's going on or what have you heard. We need to foremostly run to God and let Him be our refuge and our strength because He can help you. He's an ever-present help. You don't have to dial Him up. You don't even have to go virtual with Him. You don't have to run to a service somewhere. You can in your spirit say, God, I need you to be my refuge and my strength. And it's okay. Sometimes I think we don't. Maybe you're either too tough or too grown up. I don't know. But there's part of me sometimes in my faith where I'm very childlike. Sometimes I'm even childish. But as a child of God, I need to run to Him first and see myself as a scared little child and not to deny that which is going on around me. See, in the solidness of my own mind, my mind can go to all kinds of places. I mean, man, man, we, we, we don't have a big bank account around this church, you know. We're sort of dependent offerings to offerings. Well, there's not any offering baskets flowing today. Oh, my goodness, what that mean? Well, if people don't come on a regular basis and have a connection point, you know, and they live like for two months, if that's what this holds up and they don't connect, they're just going to say, I'm not going back to that church. All kinds of things can start to spin in our mind. Maybe it's true in your business and the concern that you have or travel or plans you have or frustration because you had, you know, your senior year of high school, you're wanting to live out in a certain pattern and now that maybe is not going to happen. And our minds can go places and we have to acknowledge that we can find ourselves in fear and anxiety and uncertainty, but we need to first run to embrace God. He is an ever-present help in trouble. It goes on and says, Therefore you will not fear. You will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and mountains foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty descriptive. Pretty descriptive. The earth has not given way. I checked yesterday. So this psalm even describes something that's more traumatic than what we're going through. The mountains have not fallen into the heart of the sea. I have a nice patio. I sit out. I look into some mountains. I can look over to the Santa Ana Mountains. Friends, the Santa Ana Mountains have not sunk and crumbled into the ocean. 
They're not. Did you ever like um, when you go to the beach, do sand castles? I'm, I like sand castles. I did them a lot when I was younger with my kids, and, and I like to build them. And you would build what? You'd build the moat around the sand castle. You'd build the sand castle. We did the drip kind of thing, and you'd carve it out. And, be, and then all of a sudden, you didn't realize that the tide was starting to come in, and there would be this water that would rush in, and all of a sudden, it got into the moat. And you go, oh, that's good, sort of, but I don't know. Is my castle going to be safe? And then all of a sudden, a big wave came, and it washed up into the castle area, and the castle sand just crumbled and melted. And you're sitting there sort of pretty discouraged. All your work just went away like that. Well, here's the psalmist picturing the idea that the oceans would give ways and the, and the mountains would crumble into the seas and the waters would roar up around them. Can you picture this kind of tragedy that's going on? And maybe it was because of war at that time or other things of uncertainty. And he's saying, even in the midst of all that tragedy, I will not fear because God is my refuge and strength. And the picture I have, if you stay with the picture of the ocean and the sea, is the waves crashing and they're coming up on these huge rocks. And the rock is not being moved. It is solid. It is secure. And so as we're tested with the winds and the waves of uncertainty and uh, anxiety and frustration and concern for our world and for our families and for our businesses, God is saying that He is the one who is the refuge. He is the solid rock. And you can find help in Him in the midst of of trouble. It goes on and says this in verse 4. <coughs> there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her and He will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. The psalmist switches here to the analogy, not the mountains and the oceans and the uncertainty, but the river whose streams make glad the city of God. This is depicting New Jerusalem in many ways. It's depicting uh, what rivers often do in Scripture, which is talking about the wellspring of life. And so there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High God dwells. But the Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth be silent. Move into His presence. See the river. Take from the river. The gladness and the joy can come from Him because He is still in control. God is within her. He, she will not fall. And then verse 4. Verse 6, nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice, the earth melts. It's going back and forth between this understanding of all that's happening around us, but yet that which is true in the city of God and along his river and the strength that his refuge, his rock provides for us. The nations are in uproar. You know, I don't, I don't know how you're thinking these days, but as I watch a little bit of the news, um, 
It is concerning. But it's interesting because we're all in this together. Every nation is facing the same dilemmas and same problems of flattening a curve concerning people that are exposed to a pandemic, to a virus, and falling ill and some passing away. All the nations are dealing with this simultaneously. And so this uproar has to do not just with us, but with every other nation. And you're seeing how different nations are trying to respond to it in different ways. Or if one nation starts to blame another nation and so on and so forth, and God's saying, hey, it is what it is. I've allowed this to happen. But the nations are in uproar. We are in a time where that verse is true. I don't know about kingdoms falling, but I tell you what, if we're ultimately looking to the governments of our nations to solve the problems, that will never be the ultimate cure for us. We are to look to God. God is in control, and He will bring about glory even through something as difficult as this pandemic. The psalmist turns and he declares boldly and loudly, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Can I ask you this morning, I don't know where you're at spiritually, what's going on in your life. Maybe you're in a good place. Maybe you're in a not-so-good place. Do you believe that the Almighty God who created this world and sustains it, who holds the earth out in the universe by His own hand, do you believe that the Lord Almighty is with you? My prayer is that through the Spirit of God that you would seek Him even though the earth may give way and the nations are in uproar, and that you will find him as a fortress, as a refuge, as a strength, and not fear. This psalmist had found it, and he was exhorting the people in that day, and he exhorts us today. And then he says this, come. Come and see what the Lord has done. Hey, come on, man. Let's go back through history, different places. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He can make wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And then verse 10. You've probably heard this before. This is where it's found. Psalm 46.10 He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Could it be? Could it be? As this is filtered through God's hands and allowed to happen on our earth, things you would never have expected even if you heard, God would say. Could it be? he's doing it so that we will be still and know that he is God and exalt him among all nations and exalt him in all the earth.
you know, it went from 250 down to 100, down to 10, and then they just said, stay at home. Well, you can stay at home for a while and enjoy that. Last week was maybe okay. This next week's going to be tougher, especially with the kids. Stay at home. Stay at home. How, how's that going to make things work? Well, we are being placed in a position or asked to be placed in a position to be still. And so as you work with being able to have great family time, maybe do stuff with your kids or others maybe you haven't been able to do before, get to some of those projects around the house that you kept putting off and now maybe there's time to do it, um, make sure that on your schedule as you're staying at home that you're seeking to be still because you can be without activity and not be still in your head. To be still and to know that He is God and that He wants to be exalted in your life, in the nations, and in all the earth. And then the psalmist finishes coming back to that same declaration. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So we have these three things you can look at. From Psalm 46 and verse 1, we will not fear because God is our refuge and strength. We will not be moved because God is in the midst of us, is with us. Verse 5. And we will be still because the Lord is with us in our every day. 2 Corinthians 1 7, our hope for you is firm, the Apostle Paul said. Because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. And so, as the Apostle Paul would write things from prison to Christians around the known world at that time, he knew a lot was happening in the world and he called them in to a place centered in Christ, even though they were going through suffering to find comfort in Him. As we share in sufferings, may we share also in the comfort that's given and be able to extend that comfort to others. I want to exhort you this way as we highlight a few things in closing. What we know is what gets us through. What we know is what gets us through. Let me list a few things for you that I jotted down. We know that God is interested and watches over everything across planet Earth. He didn't like wake up this morning and go, oh my goodness, things are really out of control. What are we going to do? He's been watching and he's observing and he is interested in what's happening, not only in the world at large, but in your world and how your world's changed in these last few days and will continue to change. God also is not at loss concerning this pandemic concern. As if he were, were without power to act. Habakkuk thought God would act and make the people have a revived spirit and turn back to him. And God said, I'm going to let the Babylonians come. What? What? God, why are you allowing this? He has the power to shut it down. 
And we should pray to that end, that God would intervene. But what we know is what gets us through. I know that my God is powerful. He is overseeing things, and He is concerned with what's happening with His people. He identifies with the suffering. He is not at loss. He is not at loss to empathize, and He's not at loss to act. We also know that God is love. And that His love is going to seek us out in times of need and crisis. And we know this foremostly because of what happened 2,000 years ago. Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrates His own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I'm, I'm looking forward to Easter. I don't know how Easter is going to play its way out, folks. I do know this. If we're not able to have Easter here, the first day that we're back in this building... Together as a people, we're going to have Easter. Somebody brought that idea up to me this week. I said, that's a great idea. We are going to have Easter together, every one of us. Whether it's on April the 12th or some other day. If it's April the 12th by virtual means, then so be it. And we'll worship His resurrection there. But the cross and the resurrection are central to all of history. And that stands prominent that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And if you are far from God today, or if you've been close to God, but you've walked away maybe weeks, months, years ago, I want you to know that you as a sinner, I as a sinner, God loves you. And He desires for you to experience His love in the midst of this difficult time. Turn to Him. Turn to Him, and we're going to, in these coming weeks, begin to celebrate the Christ-centered event that changed the world. Because God does love us, and His love seeks us out so much that He sent His Son to live among us, to live a perfect life, to die on a cross for our sins and be raised from the dead, breaking the power of death itself. So even if you were to die from a virus, you have hope, because once you die, you are then fully alive with Him in His presence. We have an incredible hope because of God's love for us. And we need to take that hope and embrace it during times like this. God loves you. And He wants to draw near to you in this time of need and crisis. What we know is what gets us through. We also know that God will continue to sustain His people according to His design and plan. God, I pray that this virus would end. God, I pray that you would heal those who are sick. God, I pray that you would comfort those who have lost loved ones during this time, not only to this virus, but other sicknesses or other people who have passed away of natural means. I pray that. But I also pray, God, may your will be done. I will listen. I will write. And I will wait for God who sits in his holy temple to do his work in my life, in our church, and in the nation during this time. He will continue to sustain you. He will sustain me. He will sustain us as a church. A church is not dependent upon a building because a church is the people of Jesus Christ. Whether buildings come or go, whether programs and services are able to be put on or not, God will sustain us as a people. And you need to know that this morning. He will see us through according to His design and His plan. Let me give you just a couple more. God is the refuge to run to in the time of uncertainty, fear, and worry. 
as I exhorted us, as a child runs to a parent in time of need. He will be there for you. He is not going to lock the door. He is not going to say, I am too busy now. He is not going to disappear on you. If you truly seek God, you will find Him when you seek Him with all of your heart, the Scriptures say. So seek Him during these times. And finally, God will bring about His glory in all this. In all things, as we turn to Him, wait on Him. Wait on Him and serve others. This is where I want to close this morning because as we run to the Lord as our refuge and our strength, He's calling us to do something. He's calling us to be His presence for other people. And I don't know how. There's different things I've seen online, other pastors. How can we be the body of Christ during this time? But this may be (laughs) the one shining moment for the church. Some of you know that phrase that walks the NCAA tourney. They always end when the championship game, they come back with that song or that phrase, one shining moment, and they retrace the tournament and the champion finally getting to the final game and they cut down the nets and they hold up the trophy. That one shining moment can be the one shining moment now for the church of Jesus Christ if we will but serve others. Psalm 46.1 An ever-present help? Guess who needs to be the ever-present help to those around? We do. Because we are the embodiment of Jesus Christ in this day and age. Some people don't have God in spirit that they can run to because they've not known Him. They need somebody in the flesh. And so they could run maybe to you by a phone call, by a text, by dropping off some food items, by being able to take care of their kids while they go to work, whatever it may be. You could be an ever-present help to others during this time and show them that God could be their refuge and strength and to not fear Last week, we made mention of what happened to the early church when a plague, a pandemic happened in the first couple centuries. The church rose to the occasion. Bishop Dionysius of Alexandria in 260 AD said this, as people were dying all around and people were running from those who were afflicted, they were, they were social distancing, you bet. They were social distancing by running into other countrysides. And they would leave the sick people to just die on their own. They weren't bringing in extra ships or creating extra hospitals. They just left them to die. But the Christians, they showed up and they showed their love. They showed that God could be a refuge and a strength in a time of trouble. An ever-present need was met through them. And Bishop Dionysius says this, Most of our brother Christians showed up unbound, showed unbounded love and loyalty, never sparing themselves and never, and thinking only of one another. Heedless of danger, they took charge of the sick, attending their every need and ministering to them in Christ. And with them departed this life serenely happy, for they were infected by others with the disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbors and cheerfully accepting their pains. Death in this form, the result of great piety and strong faith, seems in every way the equal of martyrdom. 
mentioned it last week. I'll mention it again today. Miranda mentioned it last week. The church of Jesus Christ grew not only by the proclamation of the gospel's message, but by the demonstration of Christ's ministry. And we have to figure it out in these times as a church, how are we going to demonstrate the ministry of Christ when people are concerned and fearful? Whether it's in some tangible or an intangible way, we need to be there for people. And when the New Testament church moved out, it grew, not because of mere proclamation, but because of demonstration. And those who were attended to that were sick became well. And they became well knowing that it was the Christians that took care of them. And Christians took care of one another. They loved one another. Somehow, the whole Roman world was changed within a century or so in a short period of time because the church was the church. And we need to demonstrate the ever-present help of God's refuge in a time of need. I give you one more quote, and then we'll pray. This is an anonymous letter from Dignatius. We don't really know who he is or who he was writing to, but he wrote an apologetic for what was happening with Christians in the first uh, couple centuries there, second and third century. We don't even know exactly when it was written. But he said this about Christians. They're just a different breed of people. They're not weird in the sense of, oh my goodness, they're hypocrites or judgmental. It's like, who are these incredible people? And he wrote this. The Christians, they marry, as do all others. They beget children, but they do not commit infanticide, which was rampant at that time. They have a common table, but not a common bed. They obey the prescribed laws and at the same time surpass the laws by their lives. They love all men and are persecuted by all. They are unknown and condemned. They are put to death and restored to life. I want us to pray. I want us to pray that we would be a people as described in this letter. As he sums it up, he says there, as the soul is in the body, so Christians are in the world. The soul is dispersed through all the members of the body. And Christians are scattered through all the cities of the world. The invisible soul is guarded by the visible body. And Christians are known indeed to be in the world, but their godliness remains invisible. I want us to pray that we would be the soul within our nation within our valley, within our neighborhood, the soul that brings life, that brings the hope that's found in the God who is our refuge and our strength, the one who is the ever-present help in the time of need. Lord, in every living room or a phone that someone may be watching into or watching this after the fact online, I pray, God, that you would help us be your people in this time of need. Move upon us. Encourage us. Strengthen us. May we know that we know that we know that you are in your holy temple, that you are in control. And Lord, from that base of strength, may we serve others 
And may we find ourselves bending an ear, lending a helping hand, taking the extra step or driving the extra mile. And may we find ourselves being your hands and your feet, being the soul of this nation at this time. God, may you raise up your church. May you raise up the awakening. Awakening, awaken us up, revive us. And may we be a people in this day and age that people look to to find you. Lord, for those who are sick today, may your blessing abide in them, make them well, strengthen them. Whether we know them or not from this virus, coronavirus or in others, Lord, strengthen those who are ill. Lord, for those who are in a place of grief, draw near to them. But Lord, for those who are in a place of uncertainty, anxiety, and fear, frustration, discouragement, may we bring anticipation to them that we would be anticipating your work through us to reach them in their lives. And may we bring you the glory in all that's done and said. Amen. Amen.